there we go. Mine was turned off. Um, the last recording that I did, like, in my place was, I want to say it was, like, six days before, like, the, the, the initial lockdown mm-hmm. kicked in. And it was, like, it was Max Fortune. And we were just sitting there, like, after about ten minutes, we're like, this is bad. Like, we're, we'll die. We're like, doing the, a bad thing Yeah, right this now. is. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I did a Twitch stream at Clancy's apartment that was like right when everything locked down Mm -hmm. and it was I definitely had this vibe of like all right I'm not gonna take transit I'm gonna take an uber yeah and this was like pre anyone actually having a mask yeah yeah so (laughs) you're just wearing like a like a balaclava or something yeah like it felt it felt super weird and then afterwards I was like should I have done that like isn't it? We- I had some people who were guilting me about going to someone else's house. Uh, and I was just like, I think it's going to get a whole lot worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> enjoy it while you <laughs> while you can. Um, cause, like it, it's crazy how quickly it all like changed. Mm-hmm. Like thinking back, I'm like, I I remember the the Halcyon days when I just had like a bandana that I'd wrap around my face, like I was some fucking Spanish flu doctor or something, like helping out in the wards. And yeah, now. Uh, but a scant year later, I'm like, if I don't have an N95, I feel like my dick's out. Yeah. <laughs> well, the craziest thing for me, looking back, um, was how, like, May is when I started going out again because mm-hmm. of protest stuff. Well, early yeah. June. So, like, I was really only in lockdown for two months. Yeah. But if I look back on that time, it feels like it was so much longer. Yeah. And simultaneously, it feels like, or at least for me, it feels like it was forever, but then it also feels like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, the the fact that it's September. I, I moved into a new apartment in January, and I'm like, I feel like I could count the number of times I've used the shower on, like, two hands. <laughs> uh, which may be true. Like, genuinely, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> um, I, uh, my favorite is when someone says... Like, they're like, oh, yeah, last year I blah, blah, blah. And you go, or do you mean last year or yeah. do you mean 2019? Do you mean last year or do you <laughs> mean the last year that we actually did stuff? Do you mean two years ago? Do you mean? <laughs> uh, what year do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, we have to start using relative time. We can't, or, like, absolute um, <laughs> objective time. Because, uh, yeah, we don't. We, I, I, it's not going to get better. Like, no. uh, we had, we had what two good months where like things seemed okay yeah yeah i went to the movies once went saw pig yeah it was really yeah it was like two months yeah (laughs) and then (laughs) boom (laughs) well on that note i have a series of um uh, death themed stickers for you oh well thank you Uh, these are these are the uh the participation gift thank you for being (laughs) here um i'm gonna scare my neighbors Speaking of things that confuse the neighbors, <laughs> you are listening to Boohaha, which is a, uh, you know, at best, let's call it quarterly podcast uh, that is ostensibly about ghosts, but is more often than not about tangents, the horrible things that are happening to the world in which we live, and uh, dead presidents, or failing that ex-presidents that we wish were dead with no more details. 
each week, month, quarter, I gather my nearest and dearest to a campfire that I build in picturesque Lone Fir Cemetery to regale them with spooky tales of wraiths, wretches, and wendigos. Uh, my guest this week is the hilarious Ben Tier. Hello. Do you prefer Ben or Benjamin? I've never asked. I don't have a preference. All right, then we'll edit this out. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it drives people nuts when I say that. So, like, thank you for not getting angry at me for saying that you can say whatever you want. Fuck you for giving me choices. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. As a as a as a person with a name that is uh, unshortenable, I'm just I you know I'll I'll kind of take what I can get. It's, yeah. it's often Avalon. Sometimes it's Babylon spaghetti. I, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of variations. Rambleon. That's. The- <laughs> That's appropriate <laughs> for for what I've chosen to do with my life. Um, so uh, yeah, w- welcome, welcome to Buhaha. Uh, I have uh, I have prepared some some spooky tales from your your neck of the woods, which is well, originally Pennsylvania. Uh, you you gave me two options, which yeah. is uh, Pennsylvania and then Florida. Um, which are both great places for this kind of thing. <laughs> for uh, for horror in general, I feel like <laughs> what my response is like, those are my two favorite flavors of American belligerence. Yep, <laughs> like, that's me. <laughs> and like, I, I started pulling together stories and I started with Pennsylvania. And after like just looking into the Pennsylvania book that I've never had cause to open before, I'm like, we're not going to Florida. No, there's, need to. there's enough here. Um, <laughs> well, this is the kind of stuff that I grew up being obsessed with. I, oh, yeah. Every single, like, because there were books that would break it down uh, county by county. Yeah. And then even within those counties, there were books about specific towns and villages and burgs mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. Shires, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah t- we, well, <laughs> Pennsylvania actually has, like, officially, like, this is not interesting to anyone except for us. <laughs> is it one of those um, sta- states that isn't a state? <laughs> it's, there's, well, for, it's a commonwealth, and then there's only two, I think there's only one or two actual, like, towns. Sure. Everything else is either a city, a borough, or a village. Okay. Um, Kutztown is the one that I can think of off the top of my head. That is actually a town. It's actually a town, and it's got town in the name. There are plenty of other places that have town in the name, not towns. <laughs> it's technically a hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the the the, the phantom density uh, over there is really a lot. High. Like, whenever we have guests on from the West Coast, it's really slim pickings. Because uh, it's just, you know... A hundred stories where, like, there was a noise in the mine shaft. Or yeah. Were, I'd imagine it's a lot of Gold Rush era stuff. We've we've had to put a moratorium on stories about miners. Because <laughs> it's all, like, some fucking moonshine-addled hillbilly being like, they live in the tunnels, you know, and they'll tell you where the gold is. And you're like, <laughs> all right, great. And then what happens? The tunnel caves in? Surprise. Um, but you get out east, and it's all, like... You know, spectral Paul Revere and like cat people and like ancient moon men walking along the Appalachians. It's great. Giant, giant moth figures, <laughs> uh, bridge witches. <laughs> we, I think we have a bridge witch in here. There has to be. <laughs> and then there's like, like we're talking Pennsylvania. That's uh, we're not even considering New Jersey, which is its own realm of. <laughs> insane stories yeah it the 
when I first started like looking through this catalog of books and seeing them, like it seems weird that there's no like you know uh, haunted Minnesota. But there is a haunted Maryland. Like that yeah. doesn't it, demographically. It's like the electoral college. I'm like that doesn't seem like it tracks. Why do they have so many? <laughs> uh, but no, turn, turns out. Uh, I think it's any place where you've had people living for multiple centuries without like, you know, medicine that could like lower a hallucination causing fever. Quality yeah. standards for controlling bread fungus. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it, yeah. In general, anywhere where white people have been for a while things we're get, gonna have things get real let's, iffy let's get let's be real these are white people stories yes yeah, absolutely so um, <laughs> there's um, there's there's a, a frantic tooth grinding panic that comes with being in a land that is not yours mm-hmm. like really like uh, we all deserve it yeah i i remember this is like years and years ago I, when i was living in germany there was a a and exhibited a museum and it was all like early American painting and they had this dude from weirdly the University of Oregon come in and he was talking about like the genesis of, of American you know the idea of America's home and he's like you know there weren't really any stories like you don't have myths about you know your existence here because you're new so the only mm-hmm. thing you have is kind of you know nature which you know proves a bit of a problem when it wants to kill you (laughs) so it's a really weird dichotomy between like you know loving the surroundings then also being deeply terrified of fundamentally everything on a very physical level um love it because even the the familiar has elements to it that are uncanny oh yeah and really unsettling it's that you know when you're especially back then you know you're out you're out in the woods. You've got maybe like one neighbor a mile away. How well do you know them? Yeah. How scared should you be of them? Right. Um, yeah. Healthy fear. A little bit of healthy fear. This is uh, I, I, it's the advice I give everyone who goes into the woods. Uh, you're not afraid enough. And like I right now have a healthy fear of this cemetery. Mm-hmm. Not because of the dead bodies <clears throat> and the spirits that may be lingering, but because of the assaults that have happened recently. Yeah, so it turns out uh, <laughs> there's a what like kind of like an inverse Batman, I guess. Um, like, like some sort of a man-bat figure who stalks the cemetery um, and uh, attacks people. And uh, it's all over Reddit, and now yesterday I saw it on Twitter. And then today I invited you here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if that was a coincidence or not, and it turns out it is. It completely so. is. Uh, the listeners, this is the last recording that will be taking place in, <laughs> in beautiful Lone Fir Cemetery. I think we're good as long as there's daylight, which <laughs> I cannot believe is a sentence I've had to seriously utter. <laughs> it's, it's one of those sentences where you're like, Oh, we're in Portland. Is that really a thing I say now? But yeah, no, it <laughs> yeah. is. It's amazing how things change. It's it dark. <laughs> like I said, things are always a little bit scarier when uh, in the dark. You just you just don't know. Well, um, and I've lived in what people consider to be scary parts of Portland. I, was, I thought like, you were gonna say scary. I'm like, yeah, Pennsylvania, Florida. I get it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, it's just like when I first moved here, everyone's like, oh, that's where you live. That's scary. And I'm like, no, it's, no, it's not. not. <laughs> not compared to where I've been before. But uh, the kind of fear that we're dealing with right now is a very unique kind of uh, 
And not to say that <clears throat> <laughs> mental illness is unique to Portland, no. but the uh, the weirdness that we are surrounded by is mostly, I think, stemming from that, among <laughs> other inequities. You get, uh, like... It, yeah, the, the inequities of, of uh, our nightmarish late-stage capitalist society, uh, coupled with... Uh, did you ever read... It was Chuck Palahniuk's book, Fugitives and Refugees, where no. it was like... It, really good. It's just like... It's kind of like a couple short stories about his life in Portland as his, his experiences here. Uh, and the title comes from just... Uh, like, it's a, it's a place of fugitives and refugees. Like, this is as far as you can run before yeah. you hit the water. And so, you know... It's it's pretty cozy and pretty pretty tidy all up and down the the west coast. But at the same time, like you get some fucking weirds. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my last neighborhood was tucked away. Mm-hmm. It was a nice neighborhood, like very pretty, very yeah. lush. Mm-hmm. Um, I a miracle that I could afford to have lived there at all. But it was because it of the way that it was tucked away. Like it's it's not far. I didn't live in far east Portland. Yeah. Um, I did live east of 82nd, but not f- not far from it. Yeah. And our house, for whatever reason, became like the number one repository for stolen vehicles. And so <laughs> I would just I was I was fascinated and just so amused by this because yeah. I would wake up every day and see a different stolen car in front of our house. <laughs> I was like, this is part of this is awesome. But part of this is also really scary. Yeah, you're like, in a way that I can respect. Yeah, you're like this is this is such a weirdly specific kind of troubling situation. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, beautiful Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, don't don't come here. It's fine. We got it covered. Don't talk about our pizza. Um, anyway, like I said, it's a podcast about tangents and ghosts. Um, so. I've prepared some spooky stories from your neck of the woods. Excellent. Uh, but before we get to that, tell me a little bit about your beliefs in the spoopernatural. Uh, so when I was a kid, I was fully enthralled by ghost stories, which I think we talked about a little bit. Yeah, and one of those spooky kids. I was a very imaginative child with OCD, so I grew up... <laughs> Yeah, wholeheartedly (laughs) believing in the supernatural. And as I get older, as I got older, well, I'm still getting older, theoretically. God um, willing. Yeah, who knows what's going on anymore (laughs) with time. I, uh, as I I got older, I went through my my, uh, reason and logic phase, um, which started as one of those angry atheist phases uh, that gave way to chilling the hell out. (laughs) <laughs> and so now where I'd say I'm at with the, the spooky stuff is, like, I do not leap to the conclusion of, well, this is clearly the entity of a formerly living human being, but I do leave room for being able to say that I don't know. Like, weird, yeah. weird stuff happens, and we can observe and acknowledge that it's weird and there may be a very convoluted rational explanation for it and we may not have access to that 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 explanation and that's fine and so weird spooky abnormal things happening can be scary and so if someone is scared by those things happening that's a valid fear that's it's it's you don't know yeah the unknown is inherently 
creepy. Yeah. It's, and so it, it's like I'm I'm not going to someone who claims to have had all these supernatural experiences. I'm not going to be like, well, you're crazy. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> some, it's, in some instances, you could tell through other patterns of what they're saying. Like, OK, you might need to talk to someone. But. Sure. <laughs> There's often context clues. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like to say I'm, I'm open minded, but I don't leap to ghosts and whatnot. And so, like, I actually really enjoy and embrace the challenge of, of spooky stuff. Yeah, it's uh, I'm <clears throat> completely on the same page. I think that um, yeah, there's there's uh, there's spooky stuff, and uh, often it's the you know the not knowing that makes it all the scarier. Like there's yeah. if you if you heard a bump it in the night and you'd be like, oh, that's the ghost of my grandfather. I know that to be a fact. You'd be like, <laughs> well, that's the mystery. I guess it's that's fine. I, I guess he's hanging out. But you're like. Is it? What is it? Maybe it's not a ghost at all. Maybe it's that neighbor who lives a mile away that I should be scared of. Apparently, um, yeah. The 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 uncertainty is is almost more more scary than than the thing itself. I mean, exactly. even yeah. You know, you you think you know who knows? Wrinkle in time, some weird glitch in the fabric of reality. Who knows? You see something that's happening elsewhere before. I don't know. Yeah. Time gets leaky. Yeah. You, I mean, you say glitch in the fabric of reality. My my friends and I say glitch in the matrix. That's mm-hmm. just become a cliche yeah. expression to explain the unknown. But, you know, I mean... Cle- Wibbly wobbly timey-wimey stuff. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, it's, it's like, cliches are cliches for a reason. Because, yeah, you're like, that's pretty fucking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I guess... Uh, uh, a, a gentle logical skepticism there. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds fair. That's it. I think that puts you in line with most of the guests. We've had one true believer and that was my mom. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, shout amazing. out to amazing. <laughs> who in fairness lives in a haunted house. So, <laughs> you did mention that. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a reason there. Um, but, uh, yeah, well then, that with with that being said, I guess we can we can move on and get into some of these terrifying, terrifying tales from Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, is that the Keystone State? You got it. That's the one. Um, You've got a friend in Pennsylvania. <laughs> just the one. Just one. Uh, I will just as a as a slight aside bef- before I get into this. One of the funniest things I've ever read was. It was during the, uh, I would say it was when Gore was running for president, uh, and there was an it was an Onion article just about about Al Gore visiting Pennsylvania, and it's just like an extended, like this place is horrible. Like it's like when <laughs> when when addressing the uh, the the crowd that had gathered outside of the factory he was he was touring, uh, Gore addressed Pennsylvania citizens alternately as animals and ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it just extended like it's so fucking good well um, it, it is funny because Pennsylvania is a lot more diverse than people realize yeah. like culturally economically etc and everyone is scary yeah like, <laughs> it's, it's it's diverse but diverse within the realm of things and people that are alarming just hardcore <laughs> America um, yeah you don't you know American culture is a lot like, uh, you know, concentrated bleach solution. You really don't want to get too much of it on you <laughs> at any time. And you, you want to dilute it. <laughs> um, 
Um, <clears throat> so, spooky tales from Pennsylvania, uh, which is just how I'm going to have to say it for the rest of the podcast. Uh, we have Old Coley. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you would think. It's actually okay. Don't worry. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Axe Murder Hollow. <laughs> there we go. Uh, room for one more. Hexed. With an exclamation okay. point. Uh, Dark Kathleen. That's a name? <laughs> More of a moniker, I suppose. Okay. It's, uh, uh, and the Storm Hag. <laughs> <laughs> Which, look, Dark Kathleen and the Storm Hag sounds like a morning radio duo that I would definitely listen to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they would use so many sound effects, and all of them would be from the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I'll add in some drops here. Um, Welcome. They don't have air horns at the Haunted Mansion, but they should. I wonder if I can. And now I'm wondering, like, can I edit (laughs) that spooky guy's voice into sounding like an air horn? Welcome. We'll figure it out. We'll work it out in post. Actually, air horns would make the Haunted Mansion a lot scarier. (laughs) Just randomly at some point. (laughs) As somebody who bought an air horn to scare away bears on camping trips and has accidentally discharged it once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's scary. It's so loud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, any any of those uh tales striking your fancy? I am particularly interested in hexed with an exclamation point. Hexed with an exclamation point. All right, well let's uh let's take a look cuz we got barns with hex signs on them. Ooh. Presumably to prevent this very story from happening, but we'll see. Yeah, I think you you might you might be in luck. Um, as just as a caveat here, I don't read these. Yeah, I give them like a brief looking at to make sure that it's not you know deeply problematic, um, as so many of these children's tales are because you know yeah, the world. Um, <laughs> so I I give it a quick skim, looking for. A, a certain series of words that, that we want to avoid. Um, and if those don't pop up, then, you know, it's just, uh, we're good to go. Awesome. So, fingers crossed. <clears throat> Hexed. <laughs> I feel like I should edit in, like, a killer, like, guitar sting or something there. Just like, Hexed. When Ike Yoder first came to Reading... I assume. Reading? Reading. 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 That's where I'm from. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, Ike Yoder, very Pennsylvanian name. <laughs> or German. It's, yeah, the, the Pennsylvania Dutch, meaning Pennsylvania Deutsch. Um, love it. I love that there's just a group of people in Pennsylvania who are just hanging around speaking, like, German that sounds like German if a German got kicked in the head by a horse. Yeah. That's uh, great. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um <clears throat> When Ike Yoder first came to Reading, he bought himself a rundown old farm just outside town and moved on to the 163-acre property with his plump wife and 11 children. <laughs> You'd be plump after having 11 children, too. <laughs> I, between those two things, like... Because I, I don't I don't have a time frame on this. This could be, you know, 100 years ago. It could be 300 years ago. Um, Ike Yoda and his fat heifer of a wife and 11 children. Um, 11 mealy-mouthed little rascals. I wonder if that's, like, just to, like, let you, the reader, know that she's not going to die. Where it's like, she's plump. She'll, she'll withstand the she'll- winter. <laughs> 
She's got plenty of calories stored away. She's fine. <laughs> and uh, they've got those kids, too. So... <laughs> <laughs> if this is not problematic, I really want to know what problematic is. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's entire stories that are just written in kind of a phonetic patois. <sighs> yeah. The family worked hard from sunup to sundown, tending the farm, going to church, contributing to the community. Uh, within 10 years, the farm was all paid off. The buildings were in prime condition, and the Yoder family was making a prosperous living. Life was good. Then a mysterious illness fell upon Ike Yoder. Day after day, he would faithfully do his work, attend the local town meetings, and act as a church deacon. But he grew thin and pale, and folks soon noticed that he moved slowly, like an old man. The Yoder family was alarmed. (laughs) Mrs. Yoder pressed food and drink upon her husband at every occasion. He ate with the appetite of a young boy, but did not gain any weight. Do you want to take Betsy? You think she's trying to fatten him up to eat him? Is that what? I was wondering if he maybe needs some horse paste. <laughs> uh, listeners in the future, that will let you know exactly when to anchor this in time. Horse paste. Uh, horse paste is the part of the culture war that we are currently fighting in. <laughs> Kill me. Um, I mean, I guess opposite. It could also be. You know, one of those women who kill, like... Oh, yeah, she could be poisoning him. A little bit of uh, arsenic or something, you yeah, know? Yeah, slowly over time mm-hmm. so no one can tell. Yeah. A little bit of, little bit of Munchausen's by proxy. I was tired of being described as plump all the time. <laughs> I weigh 130 pounds. I'm not a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess back then, you know, plump would be, like... Healthy. Yeah, like you're not, a wind isn't going to carry you away because you've got like rickets and scurvy and your teeth are actively falling out. You're not taken out by a cold. (laughs) (laughs) The local doctor was brought in to examine Ike. He prescribed the treatment of castor oil and herbal remedies. No horse paste. (laughs) Is it really any more ridiculous? Eat this oil and then the shitting will begin. (laughs) Uh, so the Yoder family sent for specialists from the nearby cities. These expensive physicians poked and prodded poor Ike and gave him strange medications that tasted awful and made him feel even sicker than before. Horse paste. Horse paste. <laughs> uh, Ike continued to lose weight, though, becoming so pale and listless that Mrs. Yoder was afraid she would lose him altogether. The sons and daughters fretted and moped and tended their chores with a listlessness that almost equaled that of their father. So great was their distress. There are 11 of them. Like I, That should be like one chore per kid per day, unless like they're active, like they've got like a, an assembly line or like they're making shoes or something. Yeah, like what are they pumping out at that farm? <laughs> we do a lot of, you know, corn and wheat and also some light munitions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just a bunch of six-year-olds smelting cannons. <laughs> just like <laughs> six-pound children building six-pounders. Oh, little Billy's out in the forge. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, one by one, the specialists all told Ike that there was nothing more they could do. It would be best if he put his affairs in order and wrote his will. Well, Ike might be weary and thin, but he wasn't ready to die. He talked things over with Mrs. Yoder, who suggested that they call in the local hex doctor. Oh, boy. 
This bodes well. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be really expensive with their insurance, though. That's why it's a last last gasp solution. It's when you when you're when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel and you're like calling in the naturopath, you know that it's <laughs> it's pretty dire. And Naomi Wolf's gonna show up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, Ike knew then how very frightened his wife was, for she did not approve of powwowing. Oh no. Mm. <laughs> 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 A type of folk medicine that included faith healing and occult practices. All right, we're walking a line, but we're not. We're tippy toeing. <laughs> the plump wife is a little racist. I don't approve of these uh, these foreigners and their magic. <laughs> I'm just assuming they're German, like based on Ike Yoder and. Oh, they absolutely <clears throat> are. <laughs> and I bet they eat corn, so she's being a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when back in the old country, we would say that, uh, that corn is food for horses, but yeah, here we are. But they had both observed the hex doctor getting results when all hope was lost. So Ike agreed to see him. The hex doctor was a mysterious figure who was quietly important in their community. I'd, I'd like to be described that way. Quietly important. Quietly important. <laughs> Makes him sound like a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Folk magic? I mean, he's... he's The hex doctor. Eat these mushrooms. (laughs) Don't ask any questions. (laughs) Eat this moldy, moldy, moldy wheat. Um, It was rumored that he possessed the sixth and seventh books of Moses, the tome from which he had learned the secrets of the great prophet himself, including the magical marks, seals, amulets, and symbols to protect against evil and drive it away. Okay. Um, his collection also included the book Egyptian Secrets or White and Black Art for Man and Beast by Albert Magnus. I'm just letting this roll over me. White and dark, white and black art for man and beast. Uh, I'm going to call my, my new art blog Art for Man and Beast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely keep the other part cut out. We'll, we'll leave that. That's, that's yeah. fine. <clears throat> um, the book was centuries old, and, and within it were suggested techniques for curing sickness, obtaining and holding power over others, and for many other fearful things. The hex doctor was tall and very thin, with a shock of unruly white hair, a sharp-cornered face, a soft voice, and a snapping black eye. I mean, it seems like it would have been pretty inappropriate if he were, like, really loud. Hey, guys, I'm I'm the hex doctor. (laughs) Spooky powwows. (laughs) Hey! Who needs a hex? (laughs) He seems good. I, I, I admire his confidence. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the first thing he did was question the patient about his symptoms. Then he made Ike lie down on the bed. Hmm. Uh, made Ike lie down on the bed and waved his hands rhythmically above the farmer's prone figure. Okay. <laughs> Which I mean, uh, to white people back then, that could have that's just any pattern is rhythmic. <laughs> we have a very simple understanding of things. It seems like a rhythmic uh, movement. Otherwise, that does sound like a dog whistle. 
it's it's either a dog whistle or it's like code for a hand job. I mean, we don't. Hey, oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> My brain is just stuck in racism right now. <laughs> the hex doctor's like, I think you're fine. You might just need to come. <laughs> <laughs> Plump wife not doing it for you yeah. anymore. Pointing at Mrs. Yoder, and he's like, "She not taking care." Okay. Right. <laughs> Eleven children later, she's tapping out. Fair. <laughs> I don't blame her one bit. In in between uh, his uh, light munitions factory and his, uh, you know, calling her plump. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. If the book called her plump, I can only imagine how he described her. <laughs> Cow lady, come in here. <laughs> so, afterward, the hex doctor allowed Ike to sit up as he inquired of him, Do you have any enemies? <laughs> <laughs> totally normal doctor question. <laughs> <laughs> That's how every one of my doctor's appointments starts, just after the after the doctor jerks me off. <laughs> yeah, the the hex doctor wiped the fluid from his fingers. It's, it's taking off a rubber glove, but it's like it's made of like cat gut or like cow intestine or something. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, none, sir, Ike Yoder replied. The hex doctor looked to Mrs. Yoder, who shook her head. None that I know of, except for this guy. Um, <laughs> the hex doctor frowned and thought, All signs point to a hex of some sort. Perhaps you have an unknown enemy. He fetched a book from his pack. The Yoders recognized it at once. It was Der lang verborgene Schatz und Hausfreund, known in English as The Long Lost Friend by John George Homan. Weird to like name check the book because like we don't. I don't know. And it's not the first time that. If he's yeah, done that. yeah, it feels very. Is this, is this supposed to be like a crude form of citation, like to legitimize the story? <clears throat> uh, given how very in need of legitimization these books often are, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> it contained a collection of supernatural recipes, spells, and procedures for the occult healer. The odors exchanged uneasy glances as the hex doctor continued, uh, consulted the text, looking up words for some powerful incantation. The item was swiftly located, and the hex doctor put himself in a trance in the hopes of discovering the identity of the enemy. I see... I see an old man. He's dressed in blue trousers with thin white stripes. <laughs> he has a small beard on his chin and a hand that shakes with palsy. Over his arm, he carries a red horse blanket. So kind of like un, unspectacular. Yeah, I, there's nothing remarkable about those details. A witch and uh, old timey train conductor. Yeah. <laughs> like, here in my blue pants with <laughs> my blanket. <clears throat> well, that's Jake Wetzel, Mrs. Yoder explained. He's boring. <laughs> He's so uninteresting that the most exciting thing about him is that he has a red blanket. <laughs> red, can you imagine? <laughs> the nerve. He's our neighbor to the south. He often just kind of blends into the background. <laughs> you think he's a tree, but then he... He's has that... just so utterly boring that I find it offensive. He has sort of a red blankety face. I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> 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 um... <laughs> 
The hex doctor blinked several times. Does he hold anything against you? Well, he tried to buy my lower field a while back, Ike said slowly, the one with a stream running through it. But I refuse to sell. I don't aim to split up my land. <laughs> Duh, like, ooh, I don't have any enemies except for this guy I wouldn't sell my land to. I like how I picked Hext because I knew it would be a farm story, and I was like, there's no way this will be dull. <laughs> <laughs> T- turns out it's like fucking Dallas or something. Like it's just an extended series of land rights. <laughs> hmm. Did Jake say anything to you when you refused to sell? Well, no, he didn't say anything at all. Did he do anything? Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Yoder broke in. <laughs> he came to the field every evening just at sundown for a week following his talk with Ike, and he waved his red horse blanket up and down three times, flapping it right over the field as if he owned it. We got so tired of his antics that our eldest son finally chased him away with a shotgun, and that's the last we've seen of him. But other than that, we have no enemies. I'm going to need you to jog your mind some more, plump wife. Like, All right, let me, let me, let's, let's pull back the lens here for a moment. How many people have you or your family chased with guns? <laughs> oh, what, la- that's not totally normal? In the last year, or what's the time limit on this? <laughs> How long do you have? What is the statute of limitations for hexes? <laughs> and gunplay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) Duh, said the hex doctor. Uh, Jake Wetzel has hexed you, Ike, because you would not sell him your land. You are forhexed. Square brackets afterward, bewitched. Okay. Um, Hexed, surely. Like, not, like, (laughs) it's the name of the story. Like, why would you be like, bewitched? We now need to translate and describe. Asterisk. In case you hadn't figured it out yet. Um, you are fair-hexed, bewitched, hexed, if you will, uh, and you will die if you do not break the curse. Um, what must we do, Ike asked the Hex Doctor. Um, the Hex Doctor gave him a detailed series of instructions. First, Mrs. Yoder melted wax and formed it into the figure of a man, declaring that the name of this image was Jake Wetzel. Doesn't seem like good magic. Um... This was done to fix the image upon the man who had hexed her husband. Then she took out her sewing kit and drew forth a box of pins and began sticking them one by one into the image. Turns out she does this all the time. Being a woman (laughs) in the past, this is the only sense of freedom or independence that I have. (laughs) As some would say is kind of a common basis for witchcraft throughout the ages. Uh... Depression makes people a little bit crazy sometimes, I guess. Began sticking pins one by one in the image to torture, it's in quotation marks, torture it into releasing the hex. Finally, she threw the wax image into the fire to burn, thus destroying the one who had tried to destroy her husband. When the wax image was reduced to a puddle underneath the gate, the cure was complete. Sobbing with weariness and fear, Mrs. Yoder went upstairs to tell her husband that she had carried out the hex doctor's instructions. Then the waiting began. Pages and pages and pages of waiting. It's the last page, don't worry. (laughs) Um, 
Ike still grew thin day by day. Mrs. Yoder began to fear that the hex doctor's cure hadn't worked and that her husband would die. But then, on the seventh day, Jake Wetzel dropped dead right in front of his house. Hmm. At the same moment, the strength returned to Ike's body and he sat up, cheeks flushing with color and his eyes sparkling with renewed health and vigor. Mother, I'm hungry. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> How much is left? Was that the it? Was that there, it? There's, there's, another, there's another sentence. No, it just ends right there. It just <laughs> I was sprung up. Say. Mother, I'm hungry. Feed me one of the children. Like what? Um, <laughs> it just got good. Um, Mrs. Yoder came running up the stairs from the kitchen, her hands covered in flour. She started laughing and crying in delight when she saw her husband, who was already climbing out of bed. The Yoder children came running into the house soon afterward with the news of Jake Wetzel's death. They found their father consuming large quantities of food at the kitchen table. And he died of salmonella. And a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Normally the cholesterol in the veins would form a kind of protective plug. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> Keeping the salmonella at bay. Yeah. Um, I ate a lot of Jack in the Box. <laughs> um, Thank God, the oldest son exclaimed. His siblings echoed him, and they all ran to hug their father. From that day on... Ike Yoder was a healthy man, and Mrs. Yoder was a murderer. Yeah. I mean, who's who's the good guy and bad guy here? Like, yeah, the <clears throat> this is very much a pro-private property story. <laughs> this is <laughs> spooky Pennsylvania tales of libertarian ghosts and revenge. <laughs> uh, I got the wrong, <laughs> grabbed the wrong book here. Um, yeah, I there's a lot of a uh, I'm gonna call that moral gray area there. Um, is is yeah is killing a witch okay? I mean, according to one of those uh, commandments that got knocked off because it wasn't in the top ten, I think thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So, yeah, a pretty dick move to try and curse someone for not selling you their land. It's a yeah, one wrong turn deserves another. I I feel like. You you start, you put one pin right in the dingus of the doll. Let him know you mean business. Give him a day or two. Yeah. Just go over to go over to old Jake's house and be like, hey, how's your peen working? Send send a message and say, like, we know what you did. Yeah. Here's what we're doing. Let's if if photos Let's exist. Cut it out. Yeah. If if photos exist, send him a photo of the of the doll. If not, just a crude drawing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Like a t- terrorist threat. It's just like <laughs> balaclavas and pointing at the doll. Like <laughs> it's it's the the letter is just like it's all letters cut out of you know the Bible, the only <laughs> book that they have. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think um, you know there's a couple steps before murder that y- they really just go straight to murder. Yeah. Hex Doctor doesn't fuck around. No, I mean, it, like, it, 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 there was escalation to the point where the Hex Doctor was needed, but the Hex Doctor is just like, all right, we're yeah. killing him. <clears throat> I guess it's also, you know, it's it's interesting that it looks like it's different types of, of magic, that, you know, there's the kind of magic where you wave a horse blanket at someone, and apparently that kills them. Um... <laughs> And then there's the kind where you you stab pins into a doll. Um, Steal a horse blanket? 
washed in the river, washed in holy water. I, look, I'm I'm not. There's got to there's got to be another way. Yeah, yeah. Before, <laughs> like I said, just if you're if you've got the doll, just melt off one leg. You know, they, just yeah. It just seems. You know, I guess it was a different time. I feel bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a great story when you come away feeling bad for Jake. Yeah. Who, like, we don't, he's just sitting in a... What about his 11 children and his plump wife? Right. Yeah, we don't have any background information on him. <laughs> other than that he's old and curmudgeonly and really stubborn. Yeah, it's like, like, and all the Yoder children ran to hug their father cut to like just mourning 20 children grandchildren standing around a casket We've lost a pillar of our community <laughs> yeah the mayor is there he's like jake paid for so much in this town his his funds from his farm built the school <laughs> he was the teacher but you have to shut it down i suppose he's like the most magnanimous guy <laughs> he's, like, he's like look did jake practice a little bit of necromancy every now and again he dabbled sure who doesn't who doesn't who doesn't dabble? Look, Who's not a dabbler? Our town has a hex doctor, a dedicated hex doctor. Obviously, it's a problem. It's, it's a, a it's a going concern. It's, it's enough that that's his role and title. Like, you know, in a world where hex doctors are needed, where you know, you have a gun. You know, if other people have guns, maybe you have a gun too. Yeah, it's the you past. Go. You know, learn a little bit of hex craft. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. All right. So, uh, like always, we we give these stories a rating of you know one to five things of our choosing um i'm gonna give this one uh i'm gonna gonna go with six out of 11 unhexed children okay (laughs) so so far unhexed children okay i if that's the scale that we're working with. Oh, you can come up with your own. Don't worry. Oh, okay. What, whatever you want. Well, now I gotta come up with something clever. Um, I'm gonna. Pressure's give it... on, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna give it uh, four parcels of land <laughs> out of ten available. <laughs> four. Lightly hexed. <laughs> <laughs> Lightly hexed. Yeah, what do you... Uh, is parcel a measurement of land, or did I just make that up? Oh, no, that's that's yeah, that's that's a measurement. I think it's... I'm not a land guy. Yeah, I think that's like, it's a non-specific, where you're like, oh, I have a parcel of land. That okay. could be any, yeah, you know... Yeah, it's like a patch. Yeah, a like, chunk, a yeah, bit. Chunk. Yeah, yeah. A run of land, Whereas I don't know. Whereas once you get into acreage, that's yeah, yeah. when you got to be like, you got to know your... You got to know your up from your down yeah left from your right it would be fun because yeah they don't give us like absolute if it was just like you know 100 feet by 100 like just nothing he's like i just wanted to extend the yard a little bit we we need to build a barn and the river bank is it's unstable on my side we just need a little bit more space like his request was very reasonable (laughs) and ike yoder's over there just wringing his little sausagey fingers no never That Jake can burn in German hell. Will ever take mine land? <laughs> it's it's a theme with the Germans. So I like uh, when you when we're talking about a Yoder family farm in Reading, Pennsylvania. My gut reaction is I've probably been there, but then my other reaction is there's probably like at least a dozen Yoder family farms where I grew up. So uh, who knows? A, a, a dozen feels like. Um, 
feels low. Like, yeah. I think do- yeah. dogs aren't technically allowed in the cemetery, so that might be a ghost. Bark at the moon. <laughs> that dog hates podcasts. <laughs> um, dog is correct. Yeah, dog's not wrong. <laughs> uh, they, they rarely are. Um, all right, well, that's, you know, I'm going to say pretty good start. A nice, it, it treaded the line between, you know... We'll give we'll give uh, we'll give Rex a minute to quiet down before we start making the doll. I was just about <laughs> to say, what if I just pulled out a wax dog? <laughs> Lighter. Here's here. Take a pin. <laughs> Aim for the dick. I mean, I'm glad to have learned this spell. Yeah, it's, I think it will come in handy. I you know uh, I have a red horse blanket. I mean, it's not a horse blanket, but I have a red blanket that's kind of shitty. Blanket is a horse blanket. You need it to be. (laughs) Yeah, it's just. It's not like horses are going to be like, nay. (laughs) (laughs) Fair hexed, bewitched. Um, Yeah, actually, I'm going to dock at a point for like the translation of fair hexed was just bewitched and not. Hexed, like the title of the fucking story. Yeah, it really felt like they were talking down to us there. It means bewitched. And it's like, you put in like three lines of like German witchcraft book titles. Take it as read that we might know what for hexed means at this point. Yeah, we're going to accept it. Uh, Well, speaking of things we're going to accept, uh, your turn for spooky tales. Um, Excellent. And I'm... There's so many. There's so many good ones. Um, I think I'm. It's it's not it's not technically a cheat, but I think I'm gonna do one that I I might know. Um, and that is uh, room for one more okay. on page one hundred eight. I believe, uh, I believe, I believe I have a sense of what this one is. Room for one more. Set in Philadelphia. Oh. Peter came to the city for a job interview, but he elected to spend the night at the home of friends in a nearby suburb rather than in a hotel. It's really weird that they would specify a suburb and then not say which suburb it is. Because those have names, too. With some of these stories... You know, there have definitely been times where, like, I'll have, you know, a book from Illinois and a book from, you know, Michigan. And, like, I'm like, I feel like I've heard this before. And just, like, word for word, it's just the same. And they just, they change a couple place names. I also love how we both took umbrage with something within one sentence of each story. No! (laughs) Come on. Not coming into this critically at all. Which suburb? I don't know any names of of Philadelphia suburbs. I just want to know because I would know a few. But, okay, we're, we're moving on. Sure. He hadn't seen his friends in several years, so there was much to talk about. They lingered over dinner and then sat around the fireplace with drinks and dessert until after midnight. You hear about Ike Yoder? His wife put a pin in that guy's dick. Dick fell off, caught on fire. Pretty fucked up. We all know about the Yoders. (laughs) At this point, they're just on a spree. Anyone who wrongs them... (laughs) Get the wax. (laughs) The the children just make wax. (laughs) 
That's what they're just like. Ike's like, let me go to the barn. There's a wall with the entire like it's it's a mini. It's like a, a Back to the Future miniature of the town. It's just full of little wax figures. <laughs> they just completely take over. <laughs> Ike just has a little wax marionette of the mayor. Mayor's just sitting there. I can't. I I I can't do any. I'm under his control. <laughs> By all rights, Peter should have fallen asleep as soon as his head hit the pillow. But for some reason, he tossed and turned and dozed, only to waken with a start. He was nervous, but it had nothing to do with the upcoming interview. What he felt was a much deeper dread, like that of a condemned person awaiting the approaching dawn when the hangman would come for him. Or he went to Wawa really late at night and made some bad choices on the menu. Peter Peter ate something off of one of the hot rollers is is what happened. <laughs> you really got to get that 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 grab and go stuff like when it comes out. You can't just let that sit. And that's that's it. Peter that's the end of Peter the story. Died, Peter turns died. Turns out <laughs> back on Salmonella. Um, finally Peter fell into a light sleep and started to dream. He was wide awake and restless in his dream, and his dream self would have been weird if he was asleep in his dream. (laughs) Peter got incepted. (laughs) And his dream self rose and went over to the open window. A light summer breeze blew in through the screen, and he could smell the roses that climbed the trellis on the side of his friend's house. In the street below, bright headlights appeared. A large black hearse drew up in front of the house and parked under a street lamp. Inside the hearse was crammed with people. <laughs> you ever see? Uh, you ever seen Nothing But Trouble? No. Uh, it's a horrible movie. It's the, they, they let Dan Aykroyd make a movie without any any restrictions. Oh no. Um, and it's like weird judge, rural judge out in the middle of nowhere. Like he's he's got like a house of horrors. It's crazy. Uh, and midway through, uh, <laughs> like a, like Digital Underground shows up in a hearse. Like they roll up and like fucking. It's Tupac's first movie role. Um, oh. And they, like, sing a little song, and Dan Aykroyd plays along. And they showed up in a hearse, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm for some reason, I'm, my brain is broken. And that's what I'm picturing, just digital underground I mean, rolls up. <laughs> I think it would be pretty funny to clown car a hearse <laughs> and show up just to, just to fuck with someone. Just got everyone just there in the back, like, sardines. For an intervention? That would be, a, that would be an amazing intervention. <laughs> Roll up in a hearse with everyone who that person loves. You'd, they're, everyone's stacked in the back, so you'd have to have one guy just pulling them out, just like feet. <laughs> you need to stop doing cocaine. <laughs> Room for one more. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now we're putting the pieces together. Uh-huh. All right. Inside, the hearse was crammed with people. Oh. The driver got out and looked up at the window where Peter stood. The driver's face was a twisted, hideous mask with black-rimmed eyes that glowed red in the darkness. Really on the nose here. Yep. Come down, the driver called up at him. There's room for one more, the driver said with an evil leer that struck terror into Peter's heart. He gestured toward the back of the hearse. You had to clarify. Yeah. I have, my jacket is on the driver, the passenger seat. I am delivering Uber Eats. (laughs) The, the little, like, cooler things up. You'd have to be in the back. I hope you don't mind the smell of McDonald's. 
It's appropriate that it's being delivered in a hearse. <laughs> I love, I do love that you're leaning into the the haunted mansionism of it all. It's it's very, you know, is this room stretching? <laughs> There's room for one more. <laughs> No, thank you, Peter croaked, his throat suddenly dry and backed away from the window. No! Said Peter, the little bitch. Polite enough, like, this, you can tell that this is a cut and paste story from another place. Because that polite, to to respond, be like, no, thank you. That's not a Philadelphia story. No, 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 this is from fucking Vermont. (laughs) If we were Philly, he'd just be like, fuck off. And then follow it with a racial slur. Whips a battery at him. <laughs> no, this is this is like a little... How'd your eyes get red, you fucking bitch? I'm gonna make them redder. This is a copy and paste from Vermont, where it's originally like, there's certainly room for one more at the top of the 99%. <laughs> Any opportunity to whip that out. Um... Calm down, the driver yelled up at him. There's room for one more. Down, much like the taxes on the uh, middle class, which is the direction I would like to bring those taxes uh, down. No, thank you, (laughs) Peter croaked, his throat suddenly dry and backed away from the window. That's not written well. No. Peter held his breath as the twisted form of the driver stood silently at the side of the road for one minute, then two. All right. Cool. That's a, Two minutes. So it's a, a weird way to measure time. For one minute, and then another minute. I was in the car for one hour, and then two. So is, is that three in, in, in total, or? <laughs> How many minutes are we talking here? And also, why does that matter? Let's let's get out the the little red pen of corrections. A while. It was a while. Or just say a minute. It doesn't matter. No one's counting. It doesn't matter. All right. Finally, the driver got back into the hearse and drove away. When the gleam of the taillights disappeared into the distance, Peter gasped for breath, his heart pounding so hard that it hurt. Then he woke from his dream and lay sweating under the covers. The smell of roses filled the room, but their scent no longer delighted him. It reminded him too much of the bouquets he sometimes saw at funeral parlors or adorning gravestones. That's... Yeah, okay. Sure. Roses aren't really that common for funeral. You probably have irises or something, but... Well, I mean, I'm picking up on some PTSD here, and I guess now's a weird time for that to come out. Peter was scared of funerals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> having having uh, grown up in that movie, uh, My Girl. <laughs> Peter, looking for any way that he could possibly be oppressed, <laughs> blames his problems on his negative memories of funerals. You know, a place where no one typically has a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> These bright red roses. Isn't that just the... the, the... That's a Sylvia Plath poem, Tulips, where she, she's recovering from surgery and she's lying in bed and she gets pissed off because her husband brings her flowers and they're these bright red tulips. The tulips are too red in the first place. 
they hurt me. And they're like luring her back into the fray of life from her peaceful cocoon. Even through the gift paper, I could hear them breathe lightly through their white swaddlings like an awful baby. It's like a, 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 a dozen, dozen red, red lead sinkers, sinkers around my, my neck. It's like that's when I. That's like when I can hear the bus outside of my apartment. Just like, Fuck just all of those people getting where they need to go. Stop it. Don't, I don't want to think about the outside world that's several feet away. All right. So Peter's, uh, Peter's really very far up his own ass. Yeah, Peter, Got I'm yeah. not liking so far. No, not a fan. His friends commented upon his haggard appearance the next morning, <laughs> and Peter told them about his dream. It seemed so real, he concluded. His friends chuckled and told him that he was just jittery about his upcoming interview. (laughs) Reluctantly, he agreed with them and shook off the fear. (laughs) Peter arrived in the city a little before noon and made his way to the towering office building where the interview was to take place. He met with several different managers during the course of the next few hours, and his interviews went very well. He was sure that he would get a job offer within the week. And then he smelled roses on someone's perfume. And just lost his shit. After pissing his pants and screaming for 25 minutes, Imagine and then 10. being afraid of flowers. <laughs> just a hallmark of a weak person. <laughs> roses! <laughs> no! Oh, they're violets? No, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry. They're sim- it's similar sometimes. <laughs> anyway, you know how it is with smells. <clears throat> Peter was humming as he left the office and made his way made his way toward the elevator. Suddenly, the scent of roses wafted through the air, and he stopped dead, staring at a vase full of beautiful flowers that was sitting on a small table beside the elevator. The floral arrangement reminded him of the bouquets he had seen placed beside gravestones in his local cemetery. We get it. Was he, like, assaulted in a graveyard? Really? Like, what <laughs> happened? There's got to be something more than just, like, funerals are sad. Like, he's, he's got, there's, it, we're missing the flashback to, like, the, the, like, the My Girl flashback to, like, him trying to, like, put Macaulay Culkin's glasses back on. Like, he can't see without his glasses. He can't see without his glasses. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm exhausted. This, is, <laughs> this is, uh, So, Peter, come on. You've got to pick it up, buddy. So, Peter has uh, soiled himself and is silently weeping in front of the elevator? If, in a lot of these stories, you could probably conclude that someone needs therapy, but, like, this is really on the nose that Peter <laughs> needs to see someone about his road problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. In front of him, the elevator bell chimed and the doors slid open. The elevator was crammed full of people. <gasps> Peter counted eight men and women already in the small interior and eight. hesitated, <laughs> unsure whether to enter it or wait for the next one. For some reason, his glance drifted sideways toward the roses. For some reason. <laughs> then a voice from the rear of the elevator called, Come in. There's room for one more. Peter looked up sharply, startled by the words, which echoed those from his nightmare. Yeah. Close enough. Thanks for yeah. spelling that out. <laughs> his eyes met those of a tall man with a twisted, hideous mask of a face who was standing at the back of the elevator. The man's black-rimmed eyes had a faint red glow where the pupils should be. Just a little... Get this, Peter recognized the man at once. From what? Where? Did he know him from his job interview? It was the driver of the hearse from his dream. 
No, thank you, Peter whispered as the overpowering smell of roses filled his senses. (laughs) Peter, come on. After a moment, the elevator doors slid shut, and it began chiming its way downward. Suddenly, there was the metallic twang of a cable snapping, then the roar of an out-of-control elevator as it plunged down the shaft. The screaming of the passengers was cut off abruptly by the sound of a massive crash. There were a few follow-up rumbles, then all the sounds ceased. That was a lot of detail for that. It it gets a little bit gruesome sometimes, uh, in, a, in a way that makes me wonder about the author. Um, <clears throat> There's also a picture of people in an elevator oh. from an era uh, that, <laughs> like, would make me nervous to get in an elevator. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. Oh yeah, no. There's there's uh, the the wide brimmed hats of uh, is of that a t- Art Deco. Yeah, okay. there's like stars on the wall, and like yeah, everybody's got the wide brimmed hats of a time before OSHA. Yeah, like that's <laughs> the that's the signifier there. <laughs> All right. For a moment, Peter stood frozen in horror. Then he ran for the staircase and raced down the many flights to the ground floor to see if he could help. Sure. Mentally adding elevators to his list of angry trauma fears. <laughs> Roses, Roses. Elevators. People who say there's room for one more. <laughs> Clowns, of course. That's unrelated, though. It's fine. <laughs> the lobby was filled with emergency personnel by the time he reached it, but it was obviously too late for the people in the elevator. Seven bodies were pulled from the wreckage. Peter kept insisting to the rescuers that he had seen eight people in the elevator just before it crashed, but the body of the hearse driver was never found. Ooh. The end. Spooky. I mean, that sounds like that's just the beginning of our story for old Peter. Old Petey. <clears throat> Peter, Peter walks away from this story uh, a changed man. Um, <laughs> it's like... I think I, we we t- the last episode we were talking about the the Conjuring movies and you know in every horror movie there's always the person who's like I don't believe in ghosts and they're like oh yeah come over and meet our haunted doll uh, and then the next scene it's like smash cut to like a person like with a deeply haunted look in their face and then they just leave the movie yeah and it's like that's it follow them for a day like them just just getting home They've late got a at story. night yeah they <laughs> get home late at night how was your day ghosts are real. <laughs> The devil's real. I met the devil. Devil's in a doll. Devil's in a doll. I just want to see them cut ahead like a year in the future where Peter's working in the office building and the they get like a new like uh, intern to bring mail and coffee and it's the hearse driver and <laughs> it just it keeps being because like yeah how it, many creams would you like in your coffee, Peter? Is, There's room for one more. Get out of here, Steve. He's just he's then just it's just Peter just sitting there like. Is it the sugar? Or was it the cholesterol? Is it the fat from the... Uh, Susan, schedule me a physical. <laughs> like... <laughs> it's, yeah, because it's, you know, there's always the next thing that's going to kill you. Like, yeah. if, if, if Final Destination has taught us anything. I would just be so frustrated if I managed to avoid something like that, and then right before I die, I have to hear there's room for one more. I'm just like, son of a bitch! I thought we were past this. Just everyone else in the elevator being like, what's up with that guy? Why is he still, the elevator's actively falling. He's like, why is he smiling? <laughs> um, well, uh, 
Um, you know what? I, I I did know that one. I, I remember that from uh, the collection Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark from my uh, my childhood. It sounded familiar. Yeah, it's it's one of those, you know, eh, spooky guy goes to the city, spooky I, thing happens. They had to put it in the big city so yeah. that they could sell the whole elevator accident because that wouldn't work in... <laughs> that wouldn't work in Lancaster. The water wheel collapsed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I will point out that uh, I recently watched a thing about the history of elevators, and quite literally, like they made the first elevator, somebody died on it, and then like six months later, they're like, let's put gears all along here so that the elevator stops. And since then, hasn't been an issue. Yeah, it hasn't. Um, isn't like, is it in the Netherlands where there's like a, it's an always moving I, okay. elevator? Uh, not just in the Netherlands. We had one, when I was in Germany, our, the town hall had one of those. It's called a, a, a Paternoster. And it's basically like a, every, every floor has two empty doorways. Yeah. And there's a series of carts that go up and around and down and under. And you jump on on one floor and you jump off on another floor yeah i would not like that it's not like it i have a hard enough time with rotating doors at the airport <laughs> so and it's like it's in like office buildings and stuff like people like yeah. you'll like it's a tourist thing so like people will go in and like jump on and be like Hoo-hoo. uh but there's like you'll just see like you know the mayor just like with an armful of papers just like jump on jump off jump on <laughs> jump off and I'm like just every day that you're just fine with that all right it's like um, the elevator version of a roundabout. Europeans are a lot more accustomed <laughs> to it than the rest of us are. They live life closer to death than we do in this country. <laughs> um, uh, well, better traffic management. Yes, and better health care. And, and um, transportation yeah, in general. And general better health and safety laws across yeah. the board. Socialized medicine. Uh, pension systems that take care of people with disabilities. Um, paternity leave. Paternity yeah, leave. Yeah, yeah. Reasonable vacation amounts minimum wage that makes sense well that's um, it (laughs) (laughs) good night folks uh yeah all right isn't living in america (laughs) scary (laughs) i'm I'm gonna give that one uh uh four out of five uh Bouquets of bouquets of traumatic flowers. <laughs> I'm gonna give that one four out of five traumatizing bouquets. I'm gonna give it three out of eight people in a haunted elevator. <laughs> no, surely you mean three out of seven. Oh right, right. right. No, I insist. <laughs> there was an eighth man, and he was the hearse driver in my dream. Take me seriously. Just tell him that to the cops. There was a spooky guy there. He had he had like red eyes, and he, I saw him in a dream. And then, uh, uh, anyway, good night. <laughs> I mean, that's the hero of the story. Yeah, the hearse driver. He's really like he helped him out I- inadvertently because he was like on like he's trying to get him to come in. Yeah, but, like, but it's that you know if you if you read textually, he's a bad guy, but subtextually. He's helping out. Yeah. It's a real, like, yeah, you know, giving, showing you, like, the little sugar cube and being like, room for one more picture of, like, you know, diabetic foot loss. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's help and then there's spooky help. And this is, this is spooky help. Spooky help. Um, <clears throat> well, the campfire is growing low. I don't know about you, but I'm 
getting increasingly concerned about uh, getting attacked. Getting attacked by knife guy. Yep. So uh, that's one of his nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> before before we wrap up, uh, have you have you ever had any spookernatural experiences? Um, I've had a few, and I'll start with the most recent one. Um, a few years ago, I was driving uh, on a tour, yeah. and it was we we'd, we'd already been to the last stop, so it was later at night. It was dark, it was raining, yeah. and I was driving us to the drop-off point, which required going down uh, MLK. Sure. And so I was like, I want to say near MLK and probably somewhere near Hawthorne. Yeah. And so it's totally dark. There's no other cars on the road. No one's out because yeah. it's raining. And I pull up to a stoplight and there's someone on the corner of the street who walks straight up to the door and we drive short buses. Yeah. So they walk right up to the passenger door and they're completely shrouded, like a, a dark hooded figure. Ooh. And I could only see them like in the flickering of a light. And I'm staring at them because I'm thinking like, okay, like a mentally ill person thinks that this is a TriMet bus or something. Like, sure. I, I've always waited for that to happen, driving a bus. Like if I have to stop at where there's near a bus stop, someone's going to try and get on. Yeah, it's and the it's the not every Prius is your Uber situation. Right, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just, I'm staring at them and I cannot see a face. I cannot see any discernible features other than they're cloaked. Ugh. And the light turns... And I carefully drive off because I don't want to, like, run over their feet or anything. And, you know, there's, like, eight or nine people in the bus with me. And I turn down the music and I say, you all just saw that, right? And they were all like, what do you mean? (gasps) Like, no, seriously, you're not, you're fucking with me. Like, you all saw that, right? And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, the figure, the person who was just that, the person who was just trying to get on the bus, you saw that. And everyone was like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like, Uh, oh, no. (laughs) So that was one that I realized recently counts as that kind of a story. Because I just wrote it off as like, well, you know, they were inebriated and they were having a good time. They weren't paying attention to the surroundings of the bus like I have to being the driver yeah and uh that's how I thought about it that's how I pushed it away until recently yeah (laughs) (laughs) that counts as a spooky story that's that's a terrifying one too because you're like you know it's like you know with dramatizations like well you know then then like the table went flying through the air and like the ghost picked somebody up but it's like how many spooky things are you just not sure? I mean, like, we've, yeah. we've seen any number of people who have just, like, you know, gone walking through the cemetery. And, like, how do we know? How do you know how many of them are truly here or not? Yeah. How, how do we know what to trust of our, of our senses? Yeah. And what we are perceiving. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm clocking that, too. <laughs> Just anyone who comes into my periphery, you know, I am <laughs> focusing there on. There a, a couple times I've been here at night, and I like we've been sitting here, and I hear something, and I don't see something, and then I'm like, what? The? And then it's raccoons. So <laughs> there's a lot of those. All right, so that's that's a that's a more recent one. Yeah. Um, you said you had a couple. Yeah. Um, and another one there, I was actually training to be a ghost tour guide in yeah. St. Augustine, Florida, 
And I should probably preface this by saying, like, I, I never was a ghost tour guide. I was a, I was a comedy walk tour guide. But sure. But figured, you know, I'd train for the ghost tour just in case. In, in, uh... St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Uh, incredibly haunted also. Oh, like, yeah. Everything's made out of that weird uh, coquina yep. uh, stuff that a apparently seals lot, in the ghosts. A lot of history there and a lot of scary stuff, a lot of violence. Yeah. And so uh, I worked at a shop that sold ghost hunting equipment. And so I would regularly have to field phone calls about, like, there's utensils flying everywhere. What do I do? And I <laughs> just would... Make stuff up that sounded <laughs> like comforting. I, I love the that. So you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you expect you know doctors have to deal with this thing. It's like no, you know, nurses. Like it's like there, there's, there's all these groups of people where it's like you don't ever necessarily expect them to be the ones to call. But it's like, yeah, who am I gonna call? The guy who sells paranormal like detection equipment. Yeah, and that's he'll know why what to do. I got calls from all over the country. And and so what I would usually do is I would politely suggest like a a rational explanation. Like you're hearing weird noises or stuff like, sure. How old's your house? Like, is it possums? It could possibly be settling. But also if you're concerned about this, then um, I think one time I had someone, they were telling me that like books would fall off the shelf. And so I suggested that they, when that happens, pick a passage from that book and read it out loud. Sure. And maybe the ghost just wants you to read to them. Yeah. Stuff like that. Why not? So I wasn't being cruel to these people, (laughs) but I was just making shit up. Yeah. You weren't being like, put some sellotape across the front of the bookshelf and stop whining. You live, you live next to a big intersection. A truck went by. I have, yeah. I I wouldn't make them feel bad about their, their fears and whatnot. Yeah. But I, you know, I was in that position because I liked to drink. That's why I worked that job. So, um, one night I was out, we were training and we were in a really haunted location that yeah. it used to be a, a Spanish jail. And then at the time that we were there, it was a, uh, antique shop, um, that at night they'd let us go in and investigate sure. with tours. And so I'm in one corner of the main showroom and the rest of the group is elsewhere. And right in front of me, we could hear... I could hear a book fall. Like, it flew off the shelf and fell. Yeah. And it was that distinct, like, timber of a book. Yeah. I'm not going to drop your book, but, yeah. Like, exactly like that. Yeah. Everyone could, everyone you knew. You know. You just know. fell. And everyone's looking at me, and they're like, Ben, did you knock something over? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and so then we all turn our flashlights on, and we're all looking for the book. Ben, did you knock something over? They said to, like, the Homer Simpson, like, cartoon smoke outline of where you were moments ago. <laughs> well, everyone just assumed that I was being clumsy, and I, you know, didn't appreciate that very much. But uh, I, I, I couldn't blame them because I was the one closest to where the sound occurred. Sure. So... The ghost was throwing a book at you. (laughs) (laughs) It was a jail. So, yeah, we we looked for like five minutes or so and nowhere. We couldn't find a book anywhere that could have possibly fallen. That's creepier. Yeah. It it's a, one, if you find the book, you're like, okay, it fell. Who knows? Something happened. A rat right. was on it or fucking who knows. We all agreed that we heard that distinct sound. Yeah. And then we could not, for the life, the lives of us, sure. find the source of the sound. Oh, that's spooky. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, well, th- those are great. I mean, that's it's it's rare that we have even one unexplained thing, but two like, you know, <laughs> so dark. I just elbowed the microphone and scared and then myself. Recoiled in terror. <laughs> what have I done? That's, yeah, I'm just talking about how oh, people assume I'm clumsy. Funk. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, well, rarely do we get like two like really archetypal ghost stories where it's like you know something was thrown there was a, a person who wasn't there like those are those are primo spooky tales and i was 100 percent sober yeah. for both of them which with me needs to be clarified <laughs> it's good it's good context it's, <laughs> it's what the paranormal event so i was like were you, were, were you drinking so you saw it you saw a ufo were you, a little bit of hooch nope <laughs> nope okay all right good to know um <clears throat> well all right then i think uh the we're we're really rushing through this last part because like night is falling and now I know that there's a concern other than like you're raccoons. listening. You can't see us with our heads on Just a swivel. All right. I'm slow. I've been slowly packing things up quietly for five minutes. Um, well, uh, the fire is growing low. A distant figure approaches on the horizon. Um, while I douse our cemetery fire, uh, tell people where they can find you. Um, right now, the best place to interact with me is on the old twitter.com and I am found at bitter tier T-I-E-R great place to go for some some fabulous tweets both funny and deeply socially critical <laughs> so you know it's a good mix it's a it's a hard it's a it's a hard knife to come work. find me <laughs> you'll get your criticism but not in in person and not in the cemetery at night yeah please don't do that yeah uh and uh fire doused uh you can find me uh on instagram as at that avalon you can also find me on twitter as at that avalon and you can follow the show though we don't really post that much if i'm honest uh at boohaha pod you can also if you have a spooky tale of your own Email us at boohahapod at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give us your spooky tales. And until next time, oh my God, run, run. You just turn around. There's, it's, it's the fucking Mike Myers. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the time for that. I know. I'm. I'm not allowed to scare people at the cemetery. Um, oh shit! Run. Fuck. <laughs> uh, great. Murder. Mayhem. Destruction of property. Wh- what are you doing? It's the new ad for Afternoonified. I hear the kids these days like those things. Okay, but we talk about more than just murder and mayhem. I mean, we also do science, there's paranormal, history, other weird stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's true. Okay. Murder. Mayhem. History. Science. Basic civics sometimes. Afternoonified releases wherever you get your podcasts every Wednesday on the Sobolo Media Network. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SobeloMedia.com. This, this is 
As above, so below.